welcome back to Are You From That Show, the podcast brought to you by Jordan and Hattie. So here we are, season four, and this week's guest is the amazing David Peachy. We're so pleased to get him on the podcast. We have been trying for quite a while to nail down a date with David, so we're so pleased to have him with you today. Do give us a like and subscribe to the podcast so that other people can find us too. Without further ado, here we are with this week's episode. David Peachy is best known for playing the role of Bernard in Bernard's Watch, That was on ITV from 1999 until 2001. He appeared in over 40 episodes of the show. As a child, he also appeared in the television show Harry's Mad and the film One for the Road. Since then, David has had a major career change and is now a medical doctor. So we are incredibly grateful that he has found the time to have a chat with us. Welcome, David. Thank you very much for having me. Very happy to be here. How exciting. Now, for those of you listening, we've, we've chased David for a little while to be on the show, um, but you've been very busy, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, well, I can remember you sent me a message a couple of years ago and I was really keen to do it, but it was um, not ideal timing, put it that way. Yes. Uh, so it was just at the start of the uh, pandemic and things. And so um, I thought it probably wasn't the best time, but now we're finally, uh, not that he's any less busy now, but now we've got <laughs> some time. Uh, I'm yeah glad to be here. I couldn't put you off again, could I really? Series, <laughs> <laughs> tell me come back to you. <laughs> awesome. David, talk to us about, you know, where you are, where have you been since Berners Watch? So I um so I, I finished Berners Watch when I was uh, around about 14. Um and I carried on in the same um drama group I was in for a couple of years. Um, did a couple of little bits and things, and then um, really moved away from acting pretty quickly, to be honest, um, and uh, and went into went to University of Sheffield and studied medicine. Um, so now I'm yeah working as a GP uh, back in Nottingham, where where Berners Watch was filmed and where I'm from. Um, and uh, yeah, very happy, very happy doing that most of the time. <laughs> Let's go back a bit. You filmed Bernard Watch in Nottingham. How did you get into it? So I was in um, the the children's. Uh, ITV Junior Television Workshop, as it was then, um, which was uh, a workshop which was, I, I don't know exactly how it was funded, but I think it was funded by ITV um, and you had to audition to get into the group. And my older brother was in the group um, and it was a, it's a group where lots of um, people who are now on TV, Vicky McClure is from the same group, Joe Dempsey, uh, Samantha Morton was from the group. So lots of people who, uh, who were child actors, um, have come from the group and gone on to a lot bigger and better things than I ever did. Um, and actually, in terms of the uh, Burners Watch, um, there was an under-11s group and I was in, and I think I it came really, I'd never had to audition for Burners Watch. Um, I was in a, a play, um, which I think was called Street Fighters. Um, and I, I know the because it was um, supposed to be a, a good group and a lot of casting sort of directors and things would come to uh, come to just sometimes just come to sit in on the sessions we were doing um, and, and would come to see the plays. And I had the, the lead part in the play. I say I was only about eight or so, so I don't know how um, how good it was. Um, and um, uh, and basically just, I went for almost, 
it wasn't an audition, it was more a chat um, with the director um, and then got the part. Um, and uh, I say initially it was just a, a five episode series and it was very much, um, we're doing five episodes, that's it on UA. And then every year it would be, we're doing another series, we're doing another series. So it grew really into something slightly bigger. Um, but it never felt like that. It never felt like a, a really big thing right at the start. Jordan, that sounds actually quite similar to you with Aliens, how they just kept running the series on and on. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I think we were, I think we also just always were told at the end of the series, oh, may, may see you next year, may not. And then it then it just grew and grew. I think the same, similar to you, we started off as a six episode series. And by series seven, I think we were doing, I think, 11 or 12 episodes. Yeah, almost series. exactly the same, yeah. Um, obviously, you were in the, the workshop, but did you ever envisage trying to be on TV or was it just like you were just, were you just acting in this workshop group because that's what you enjoyed? Yeah, it was more. So my, my older brother had got in and he did a few things on TV as well, peak practice. And that makes it sound like we come from some sort of acting family where dynasty, dynasty they call it. <laughs> wouldn't have been further from the truth really with, um, I think we went along as a sort of thing to try on a Saturday morning and, um, and, and got in and, um, it was just a bit of fun, really. Um, and we, we took it seriously when we were there. And as I say, there was a guy called Ian Smith who was leading it, the, the group and um, who, was, who was fantastic and really inspiring. But it was just a bit of fun. That's all it was. Um, and so, yeah, you think if you, there were different people getting little parts on TV and bits here and there. And it was always really exciting seeing them and things. But it just felt normal, really. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, there was no there was no great big plan to spend a, a lifestyle lifetime on TV. And certainly when you get to sort of 14, 15, you do think about it and think, is this what I want to do or do I want to give this a go? Um, but it I, it never really was was gonna be the route at that point, I guess. So were you able to stay at home while you were filming? Was it near enough to your house? Yeah, so it was um uh, bizarrely, we've just we've just actually moved house and the house um we've just moved from. I've been showing my my five year old daughter some of the episodes recently. Oh wow! Um, and and we we see there's a there's a pub in the episode, and we re- I didn't realise at the time because I was five. I can't remember which pub I was in, but there yeah. was a pub <laughs> where Granddad in Bernard's Watch was playing darts, and I was showing her and said, "That's the pub we go to. That's where we go for <laughs> Sunday lunch and things." And so it's really 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 close to home. Um, and uh, so yeah, that's really nice. And um, so yeah, I I'd live at home. Um, I'd it'd normally come towards the end of the summer term, so I'd probably have about two weeks off school and then film through the summer holidays. Um, and uh, yeah, lo- lots of fun. That's probably actually a really nice way to kind of keep some sense of a normal life going when you're also working as a young person, because a lot of the time people have to kind of go away from their families and their friends and their normal bedroom and kind of exist in this bubble of being a child actor. But actually, I imagine being able to kind of go home every day and, you know, walk the same streets that you're used to just gives you a bit, a sort of grounded sense. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't know how I felt at the time, really, but looking back, it certainly felt completely normal, really. um, I guess the only difference was, say, on days when you were filming, you'd get picked up by the minibus and it was often a lot earlier than you get ready for school. So we'd... I always remember getting up, watching sort of big breakfast in the morning um, as I'm sort of getting dressed and getting ready and sort of trying to wake up and then 
off in the minibus and and back later that day um back to normal sort of family life so mm. um yeah it just felt like a something you, you nipped out and did it was never a sort of big thing you go away to do for a period of time did you and did you enjoy it I, I loved every minute of it really yeah, it's awesome um I uh but just because of the people really the actual acting uh in bonus watch there was never that many lines to learn it wasn't exactly I always say to people it wasn't exactly BAFTA winning stuff it was pretty pretty simple sort of walk here stand on your mark say yeah. sad happy do you know what I mean <laughs> I, I, might, I might be dumbing it down a little bit and, yeah. um but it wasn't um it wasn't the most uh taxing challenge acting wise um I mean it probably was for me yeah. um but it so it was just enjoying being with the other the cast the crew everyone it felt like and because I guess as the star if you want to call it the star of the show at that age yeah. being a what nine-year-old ten-year-old everyone's making a fuss of you everyone's being nice to you there's sweets there's different things do you know what I mean it's it's just fun um and so yeah I loved every minute and I always really look back with a lot of fondness I guess one thing also with Bonner's Watch you had some like amazingly experienced actors on set with you as well and I guess for you with this with that being your you were being so you're going to be in your first project they must have really looked after you and really kind of like made you feel really welcome and relaxed on set yeah absolutely oh it just and we would play jokes on set and there would be jokes and so if I wasn't filming a scene I'd be saying over on the the runner's radio or I'd be snapping the um uh the clapperboard yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) I'd be and and just having a, a joke or I'd be saying ready on the sound with the sound mic on just as a, and I just felt, it was, just felt really relaxed. Uh, and it was pretty much the five years it was uh, filmed over. It was pretty much the same crew every time, maybe one or yeah. two changes, but it certainly felt like the same people. It was all like get the band back together yeah. um, and the same uh, cast. And I know my, my virtual, my, my mum and dad in Berners watch went out for a, I always remember went out to a Greek restaurant with my mum and dad in real life as well. So oh. It was me and my two sets of mums and dads <laughs> yeah. um, and was really nice. And yeah, I couldn't have uh, wished for a better cast and crew. And, and they say there were sometimes some little cameos from more, even more famous people who came on and um, again, were lovely. And so, yeah, really nice. How did your friends at school find it with you being on TV? So uh, I think um, really cool, actually. So my primary school... Uh, went up to um, 13. So the majority of the time I was actually filming, I was there. Um, and it was quite a small school. Um, and so it was just because it it always just seemed really normal. Um, so it, and because it was quite a small school, it was one of those places where so in the after school club, um, where sort of after school when your parents picking you a bit later, it'd be on the TV. They'd be put like videotapes of it on repeat, basically. And so pe- we just always sat around watching Burner's watch and but it wasn't a, a big thing I wasn't I was certainly people weren't asking for autographs in the playground or <laughs> like that. It, was, uh, it was very um just considered normal really um yeah. and so uh I don't I think I never felt like a star put it that way or never yeah. felt like I was blown up to be something and, and the school were probably very good at bringing me back down to earth as well did you enjoy watching episodes of Burner's watch like, did you enjoy watching it? Did you go, oh, that's me? Or did you go, uh, did you remember the episodes even though you were filming them? So uh, I did remember them at the time, certainly. 
Um, and I don't think I liked watching it at the time, but actually watching it now, watching it yeah. with my five-year-old, I really enjoy yeah. looking back. Um, and I mean, I think it's that natural thing, especially when you're that age and you're yeah. what, 12, 13, you're cringing yeah. watching it and you're thinking, especially because people would say, you don't even say anything in that show or you hardly say anything. And you think, well, I know I do at times. But, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, so sometimes it is a bit cringy. And they did have me wearing some pretty wacky clothes and some very colourful clothes. And so you sort of do think, oh, not what I would have chosen. And I had some <laughs> funny hair in it as well, like long, um, not quite curtains, but yeah. long blonde hair in it that yeah. sort of, um, again, yeah, wasn't what I was chosen, but I was always had to sort of grow my hair a little bit for it as well. It must have been uh, difficult as you sort of like got a little bit more towards a 13, 14 end when you'd be like, I don't want to, grow these curtains anymore and you kind of just want to you want to just you know I guess just have your hair and your style the way you want it to be I guess yeah exactly um but but for for the price it was it wasn't a big sort of thing to to do and to be fair my hair probably wasn't actually all that different a lot of the year it wasn't as though I was <laughs> running around with a skinhead the rest of the time yeah. um and I actually I guess the only time it was probably I was probably slightly more aware of it was when I went to that different school at 13 as you say you're 13 14 New school, lots of it's a lot bigger, um, yeah. and you're gonna get sort of little comments in the playground or people, where's the watch, Bernard, or that. <laughs> yeah. Stuff and, uh, How long did that plague you for? That was a plague you for years. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I went through a period where I used to get prank calls on my phones from sort of often be two o'clock. I mean, when I'm sort of, when I was like 17, 18, yeah, two o'clock in the morning. What's the time? Where's the watch? Uh, <laughs> Like, or from like your friends or friends I, I, I assume it was from acquaintances who had passed on phone do you know what I mean sort of I've got Bernard from Bird's watch number shall we give him a ring um, <laughs> and it never it never really bothered me other than thinking how have you got my number yeah um, <laughs> also eventually you would have been like come on come with the more original joke then what's the time <laughs> that's it that's that's more my thought it's more come on you must know I've heard that a few times yeah come on let's, uh, let's be a bit more inventive yeah exactly um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. So your decision not to carry on really, did you do, did you carry on auditioning or was it an actual, do you remember sort of making that decision not to? Yeah. So, I mean, within the, the workshop as it was, I mean, there were auditions that people went to, um, but it was often more that people would, casting directors would come and watch us do sort of our sessions, so Tuesday and Thursday, a couple of hours each uh, each session, and they just sit and watch, and we do improvisations and we do things. So it was pretty rare that I actually I can't remember really attending many auditions uh, during my whole time as a um, an actor. That's such yeah, a nice way to do it, actually. Yeah. I haven't really heard of that before. No, never have I. But it's really relaxed and probably means you're actually going to get the most out of people. It really was. And I think, um, so things like um, This Is England. So if you watch This Is England, yeah. a lot of the people in that come from the same drama group. Um, and Shane, a lot of Shane Meadow stuff comes from um, the, the same uh, drama group as well. And the, it, it seemed like a very real, it wasn't at all sort of uh, stage schooly. There was no singing yeah. and dancing. There was, it was all very gritty and real. Uh, I'm not talking about Bernard's watch, but the rest of the stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and I say you see that in people like Vicky McClaw, who've gone on to fantastic things. Yeah. And um, that's a lot has come from, I mean, she'd be able to tell you more than me, but I imagine a lot of that influence has come from being at the workshop. I think absolutely. I think because I, I, I went to a stage where it was very 
singy, dancey, yeah. and jazz handy. And we were we were all very much in auditions. We were performing, yeah. and that's just what we were trained to do. And we were, you know, we were there ready to do it. But that sounds way more like, like you said, like real and cast directors going and just watching children and child actors interact with scenarios must be a, a way more authentic yeah, way. We used to have a, we had a, a, in the 11 to 16 year group we had, we had a night which was where if you were first year in the year group, you do a monologue. Uh, beyond that, every year you do a duologue. Um, and it was a big night where we all sort of a Friday night and we'd have a bit of a party afterwards. And that was a big thing. And then we would put on plays uh, and, and, and people would come and watch those and things. But there was, it was very much, um, it didn't feel like the workshop was there to produce TV actors. It felt yeah. like the workshop was there to, for people to have fun, to express themselves, to get better. And if yeah. TV work came from it, then fantastic. Uh, but it was never felt like that was the aim to create a group of people who are going to go on TV. That might've been the aim, but it didn't feel like that as a child, um, which was really nice. Did you have an, an agent at all or was it all through the, the group? It was all through the group. So Ian Smith, I guess, must have acted as an agent. Um, yeah. Uh, and so oh, it's contracts and stuff. Yeah. So I can never remember being put forward for other things, really. I remember, I do actually remember before I did um, Berners Watch, actually, it was the summer before I I did audition. I can't remember how it came about. I say it would have only been about eight or nine, but for um, a part in Les Miserables. Um, which oh, awesome! The, but it was the first film, well, not the first film, but with film with Liam Neeson in. Um, yeah. And uh, I got down to, it was for the role of Gavroche. Um, and I got oh, down yeah. to the last two um, and didn't get it. Um, and, but if I had got that, which again, didn't go on to great success. I mean, it was filmed with Liam Neeson, so it would have been really great. And it would have been, in, <laughs> I think it was Czech Republic or Prague, Prague, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so it would have been fantastic. But if I'd got that, I wouldn't have got Berners Watch. Yeah. Um, and so I look back and think, well, I'm really happy I did what I did, actually. I think that's incredible. Um, I think it sounds like a really like nice way of going about things, I think, as a child actor, because it doesn't sound like there's that pressure on you, like with auditioning and having an agent and going, oh, when when's my next audition going to be? Or when's my next role going to be? It sounds like just a really nice experience yeah. throughout. It might be that because I had Bernard's watch and because I'd done that from nine to 14, I never felt that pressure. Whereas there might've been other people in the group who see other people doing things on TV, see other people yeah. getting roles, bigger parts and things, and might've had that sort of, when's it my turn? When, how do I fit in here sort of, but I certainly never felt like that. And I certainly never felt it was a sort of pushed thing, if you like. So yeah, it was, it was really nice. I can't speak highly enough of the group um, uh, and the people who ran it and the people there as well. So yeah, it was really great. Does it still exist? Are there still people going? So it, it does exist in a slightly different format. So it's a different uh, lead um, person running it. Actually, the person running it now was someone who was there when I was there. Oh, um, awesome. And, um, but I think it's, I think the funding has changed for it uh, slightly. And so it used to always be that it was always free to attend. Um, and that was one of the big positive things about it in that they would audition I don't know, hundreds of kids across Nottinghamshire and, and you were selected if you were good enough. But do you know what I mean? If you had yeah, that, yeah. if they saw something, if they saw a bit of sparkle, uh, whereas now I still think they do have that audition process, but I, I understand there's some, you have, there is, you have to pay to go and things, which 
I, I might be wrong and there might be scholarships and other things, um, but I think that the nice thing was that there was all sorts of mixes of different types of people there, um, and that's really what made it so special because when you're at the workshop, everyone was equal and the same and uh, everyone was on a plane setting and things. Yeah. Would you encourage your kids to go to workshops like that? So uh, I certainly, I, I wouldn't push them into acting and say acting's the, the future for you, but I think I've taken so much away from, so I'd say more from this being in the workshop than necessarily Berners Watch. And mm. I think um, certainly is what I do now as a, as a doctor and things, you do presentations. And I think it's given me a confidence being able to stand up in front of people and blag and yeah. put on a show and pretend I'm confident when I'm really shaking inside. Yeah. Um, things like speeches at weddings or, or different things. I feel like I can go into that mode of uh, feigning confidence and, and, and learning lines and, and doing that still. Yeah. Um, without, uh, I think that's given me that more than anything. Um, and so to, uh, to give them that confidence, I'd love them to do something similar and be able to stand up in front of people and, um perform for one of the better word yeah um, but i wouldn't necessarily push them into uh say acting as a career i wouldn't if they wanted to do it i'd be all for it and, and um support them all the way because it is it's brought me nothing but good things really i think there are lots of transferable skills actually and quite a few of our guests have said that you know even people who are kind of pilates teachers yoga teachers you know anything where you have to kind of present yourself to a group of people those skills are so useful absolutely and even even in my day-to-day -day work as a as a doctor you're still um you're still putting on a, a performance in some ways at times you know what I mean yeah. you're still they, they're still looking at you and working out whether they can trust you or whether they can't and things and you certainly some of those skills are ingrained at sort of so yeah it, it certainly helps me in lots of ways and for that I, I'd certainly encourage them to to do some sort of thing where they, they put themselves on on show, if you like, and even if that's just at school or whatever it may be, um, but I, I certainly stood me in good stead. I think. Mike, my, my question is: What took you then? In what took you into medicine? So you decided at what eighteen to go to university? Yeah. And study medicine. Where, where did that come from? So, uh, well, I, I mean, again, I wish I could say from the age of five I was wanted to be a doctor and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. That's not true either. Um, I. I got to the sort of 16, 17, 18 and um, was more, it was better at my sciences and maths and science and things. And it was one of those things that you're better at those things and you're getting decent grades. Well, medicine's a natural choice almost. And yeah, well, it's a good career and things. And I, I say it, it has served me really well, but it, I'd be lying if I said I'd always wanted to be a doctor. And there's certainly times even at medical school, or even in my early years as a doctor, where you think, have I done the right thing here? <laughs> should I, it's, should it's I not the right still, choice? Yeah, should I not be still have an agent and be trying to do some acting? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, but actually, um, I think I've made the right decision. And uh, so, yeah, it, it just happened that way, really. And went to Sheffield and, uh, yeah, loved it, really. Did you do any of the student um, acting when you were at Sheffield or anything? Since I since I left the workshop, so I finished Burners Watch probably around about fourteen, and and did a couple more years at the workshop until I was sixteen, um, and then then there's a natural break where you either go into the over sixteens or you finish at that point, and and I sort of said I'm I felt like I was done with it, and actually not that I didn't like acting, I think I just had enough of doing it for two hours on a Tuesday, two hours on a Thursday. Mm. My parents were quite. Um, 
strict, not strict in terms of you have to do acting because acting is good for you, but more if you make a commitment, you go to it. Mm-hmm. So on a Tuesday night, I could never say, oh, I don't fancy going tonight. I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. It was you've got to go unless you're really either unwell or whatever it was. So, yeah, my mum was like that with with everything actually as well, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think in hindsight, I, I hope I'm the same with my kids, mm-hmm. as if you make a commitment to something, you should stick it through. Um, and yeah, if you really, I'm not going to admit, you don't want them to do things they don't enjoy, but actually um, it's a commitment. And so when I got 16, my mum never said, well, you know, you've got to stay on. She was happy for me to, to finish when I did. But by that time, I think I was, I wasn't going to, be putting my hand up to be in the school play or, or, or at uni I, I was quite happy to um, look the other way I think and partly maybe because of my history of Berners Watch you don't want to I, I probably thought I don't want to be seen as Berners Watch trying to sort of carry on his <laughs> yeah. also you've been getting those prank phone calls you didn't really want yeah, to exactly. attract more attention <laughs> exactly exactly that did you get recognized a lot during at university for being for being do you often did you spend a lot of your time answering to David and to Berners as well so I had, um, I went with, a, so I never, I'd never really tell anyone I'm Bernard from Bernard's Watch, um, but people- No, your first, no, your first gambit. Hi, I'm Bernard. Yeah, exactly. Bernard's Watch. <laughs> well, the problem is I've got friends who tell people. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah. Went to, I went to uni with a, a friend from Nottingham um, who I wasn't close friends with, but we sort of knew each other through other friends and um, sort of first few nights out, Freshers' Week and things, and he thinks, "How can we get to talk to people?" What can we? And suddenly, the whole halls know because he's gone around telling everyone as a yeah. sort of introductory thing. And yeah, um, so yeah, you would I, people wouldn't recognize. I, I think by the time I was eighteen, I, some people would still recognize me. Some people say, "I know you from somewhere." And, and I yeah, think it was it's school. <laughs> yeah, but actually, um, a lot of people ended up knowing, but more probably because a word gets around a little bit. I think. Yeah earlier on in my sort of what at the time yeah. it was on I hated sort of the thought of people looking at me and pointing at me and so I can remember say you're in McDonald's or somewhere and you know there's someone sort of glancing at you in the yeah. queue and things I used to hate that yeah um and I don't really know why maybe it's just a 13 14 year old kid you you're just very self-aware and sort of um it's not what you want um but by the time you're sort of 18, 19 and on a night out, you're probably quite happy to have a, yeah. get out of that as much. That's such an odd thing, isn't it? Because I, I think like exactly the same. I, I, I was we were talking about before, like I, you kind of develop this sense where you can see around you whether people are, are recognising or talking about you. And you're right. When you're younger, when you're sort of like 14, 15, 16, it's not the thing you want. It's like really awkward. And you're like, I just don't, just don't recognise me. Or, But then when you get to sort of like, wanting to an age where you want to break the ice with someone or sit on a situation suddenly it becomes very useful yeah absolutely um and uh I, yeah you're exactly right i could always just you could always feel almost if there are eyes on you and yeah. i mean half the time it might not have been what i was thinking yeah. but you certainly and you sort of the eyes were one thing but then you're thinking oh don't come over or i'm yeah. with with other friends or you're with your mum or something and you think oh don't yeah. come over and sort of you're looking the other way it probably makes it worse yeah um, but then yeah as you say at, at uni uh, or as, you, as you're older anyway so I never tell anyone I'm Bernard Bernard's watch but if people talk to me about it or people find out or um then I I really enjoy talking about it now yeah um and really as I say happy I did it and happy to share my experiences about it as well I think that's a maturity thing as well I was, I was into another podcast actually and they were talking about how they used to the show they were in when they were younger they wouldn't watch it as a fan 
But now that they're older, they can look back and watch the show as a fan mm. and really actually understand what that show was to people at the right. time. Mm. Because you don't get that when you're 11, 8, 9, 10 years old. You just go, I did this thing, I'm doing this thing. And people watch it and seem to really like it. I don't know why. But it's not till you're now this age, like, you know, 25, 30 plus. You go, that's that's what this show meant to people. People would would grow up idolizing these characters and, and sympathizing with them. And that's not something you understand at the time. Yeah. And I think, I think I thought when I was younger, everyone would be taking the mick or it's sort of no one really liked Berners watch. It was almost just that, that kid on TV who had the magic watch. Let's all, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas actually, as you get older, you think when people say, I used to watch it all the time on Friday afternoon before, and you think maybe people did actually like it. Uh, whereas actually at the time you're thinking, everyone must just be about ready to, to laugh at you or, or take the mick. And um, whereas actually in hindsight, you think, well, no, people were watching it. So it must have, people must have enjoyed it to a certain extent. Absolutely. I mean, you, you were a huge part of a lot of people's childhoods, a huge part of it. I mean, boys, to, 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 to say the cliche, boys wanted to be you and women, girls, young girls would have been like, oh, I'd love Burn as a girlfriend, as a boyfriend. <laughs> they, probably, they probably said that and those kind of things, but you just don't, you don't think of that at the time. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, ni- the nice thing about Burner's watch is because the concept is pretty cool and the mm. fact of having a magic watch. And, yeah. Uh, there's been a couple of films that have had a bit of a similar sort of premise to it and things. Yeah. Um, that the idea, the question sometimes comes up, oh, what, what, if you could have a superpower or what would you have? And people would still, you still hear people say, I'd love Bernard's watch or you'd still see it referenced some places and things. And so yeah. that's still really nice. That it's um, Cause I think that's all down to the idea rather than the show, but the sort of the idea of having a magic watch that can stop time um, is pretty cool. And, and mm. you might, a lot of people remind me that Bernard probably didn't use it to its full potential. Um, <laughs> he spent more time painting his granddad's fence and cheating on master tests than uh, using it in other ways. Um, and they've probably got a point, but, that it was a wholesome uh, family show, wasn't it? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, I've really enjoyed it. It's been really fun. And thank you for having me. That's yeah, I'm so glad we got to pin you down as well. No problem at all. I actually felt for, sorry, but before we, I felt for a long time, and I just thought to Hattie about this before we started on 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 with you. I th- felt that Berners Watch was filmed in Leeds. I thought it was filmed in the same era that we filmed My Prince of Aliens. But you didn't, you filmed in Nottingham, like you were just saying. Yeah, we filmed in Nottingham. I don't know, because it did sort of come back in a different form a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I'm not sure where that was filmed. Um, yeah. But yeah, certainly all um, all the stuff we were doing, it was all on location. There was never any studio stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was all in Nottingham. Um, so yeah, no, you must be getting confused. <laughs> must be confused. Different burners watch. It's, am- it's amazing. I just, I, I, sorry, harping on about it, but I, it, it, it's only really dawning on me now and as we as we do more of these series and these episodes how much these shows did impact people and and kind of how we're not only we're only aware of that now same as you i couldn't watch my parents radios when it was on at the time i found it really awkward yeah but it's only like even i was talking to my partner the other day and i was saying to her you know she said to me she can't believe she's having a baby with frankie from parents radios i'm like is that, <laughs> is that how you see me because well, obviously not now but obviously when she first met me she went yeah. home and said, oh, I, I've just met Frankie from Prince Aliens. And like, that was, that was, you know, eight years ago. Yeah. Well, I say to my wife, she pretends she never watched it, but I think she's lying. She did deep down. <laughs> she knows she did. 
Well, yeah, thank you so much, David. Lovely, lovely to chat to you. No problem. Lovely to chat to you too and um, maybe do it again sometime. You never know. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, David, for being on the show. And thank you to George for providing the music. You can find him at soundcloud.com forward slash George. That's J-A-U-G-E. Tune in next